Today we will CYA cover your assets on today's episode. You are listening to the Champion Hustle podcast. Play to succeed in business and in life. Featuring Levi Hunsaker and Ryan Black. Hello and welcome to the Champion Hustle podcast. This is episode number 32. My name is Ryan Black. And my name is Levi Hunsaker. And today we're all about CYA. How you doing, Levi? Pretty good. <laughs> I just love this topic. And you know what? I never thought that I would. Yeah. But uh, it, it's just been something that, you know, this is the kind of stuff that I think we should be learning about in high school. Oh, yeah. Um, how, to, how to run businesses, how to protect ourselves from liability, how to um, save money on interest, how to just manage our credit and our finances and, you know, start down an entrepreneurial path. And it's not for everybody, but it really comes down to, is it even given an opportunity? And, and I think we are doing ourselves a disservice by not teaching this kind of stuff to young people. So if you know young people or have young people, be sure to share this information with them. But yeah, it, it's also important for your business too. It really is because, I mean, these are, this information, this type of information really serves you through, throughout your entire life. Regardless of, I mean, even if, you know, regardless of what type of business you're, you're running and what you do, what your ventures are, it uh, will save you so much money over a lifetime. It is, it's ridiculous. But yeah, you don't, most people don't learn it. So it, it really is a good topic. See, it, it, it does though, it kind of sounds like boring, right? You think like asset protection, that's kind of dumb. But uh, no, I mean, once you dive into it, so valuable, so important, because what good does it do you if you work so hard, you build this great business, just to have it taken away from you? Because, right, either by the government through taxes and or through uh, you know, lawsuits and liability and other things like, no, can't have that happen. So, no, that's, oh. it's, it's terrible. We've seen a lot of people lose big. And, yeah. and when you're playing big, you have the opportunities to lose big. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The stakes are much, much higher. We forgot to make an announcement. That's true. About something. I don't know what it is. So you're <laughs> going to have to remind me. <laughs> Our seven-day boot camp. We forgot, oh, yes. to, we forgot to, to remind our, our listeners. ChampionHustle.com, we got the seven-day quick start boot camp. Look, seven days of video training and uh, you know exercises and things that you can do to kind of take your business to your next level or get your business started if you're just getting up and running. So go to ChampionHustle.com, throw in your email address, and then you can get access completely free to our seven-day quick start boot camp training. So Absolutely. That was the announcement. <laughs> so I was sitting there thinking, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it's going to be good. And I was right. I was right. It was good. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay, well, let's, let's dive into the topic for today. What, um, let's start with insurance. Because mm. there's, I mean, there's, I guess there's multiple sides, right? There's, you have the side of, of entity structure and how your business is structured in order to get, you know, different, uh, you know, you know, tax advantages and asset protection and all that. But regardless of what type of structure you choose, insurance is a key component to, it, to that. It absolutely is. So 
there's a reason we wanted to talk about this first because it's the most easily accessible. It's a phone call away. Now, when we get into entities, you're going to have to potentially involve a professional like a CPA or an attorney in, in helping you make that decision. And so you're going to have to have a consultation and figure it out. And then it's going to take time. Right. right. But insurance, I can make a phone call to a dozen insurance agents today and they would be happy to get me set up with a new policy. Yeah. And that takes effect today. Right. And so this is this is probably one of the one things that you can do for yourself um, immediately that can help you protect against liability. Well, and one of the things a lot of people I think don't understand insurance, the purpose of insurance, there is one there's only one purpose of insurance, and that is to transfer risk. All mm-hmm. you're doing with insurance is transferring risk. You say, I will pay a little bit of money to transfer a lot of money, the risk of a lot of money to somebody else, right? Whether you're talking about you know, car insurance or business insurance or liability insurance or umbrella insurance, you, it doesn't matter. You are transferring risk and paying for it. So it's, uh, I mean, it's something that's really important to do, it has to be a calculated risk, right? There are certain types of, pol- or certain, uh, you know, structures and, and writers and things and policies that don't make any sense once you understand it, and and that's why it's important, right? That you, like you said, shop around, get different prices, do apples to apples comparisons, um, and make sure that you're not overinsured nor underinsured. You got to have the right amount of insurance, otherwise, uh, yeah, you get yourself into a pickle. Yes, a big pickle. <laughs> but uh, you know, one of the one of the big things that people and and I've been guilty of this as well is looking at a phone call with your ins- insurance agent as like a bother. And really, what you want is your insurance agent to be your friend, especially when you've got um, maybe your hand in multiple pies, multiple streams of income. You need to make sure that you're covered correctly in each of those different avenues. And when you've got a good relationship with the insurance agent, they're also willing to go to bat to find you different discounts, getting creative with how your policies are set up. Um, yeah. Well, and, and one thing that's uh, an error that I sometimes see people make is they say like, oh, well, for example, in real estate, right? They're, they're flipping a property and they say, you know what? We're flipping the property. I'm just going to get a regular homeowner's policy. Uh, on the property because it's a lot cheaper than a vacant policy, right? Some people don't know that, that if, if you if you own real estate and it's vacant, the policy, it's a different uh, classification of policy. And um, because there's there's higher, I mean, there's nobody living there. So it's it's actually a higher risk policy and it's it's more expensive. And so these people think, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just get regular policy and, and we'll be good. We'll save a few bucks. Problem is, is um, what happens if that house burns down or you know, if you have to make a claim on it, your insurance company will not pay that claim. Because or if they somebody will... got injured on the property. Right. They'll say it was, it was fraud, it was the incorrect policy, you lied on the application. Um, so don't lie. If you're, trying, if you're thinking, you know what, I'm going to try to save a few bucks by kind of fudging the truth, uh, insurance companies have investigators. <laughs> if they're going to pay out a large claim, they are going to investigate and try to figure out how they can justification for not paying you <laughs> a payout on your claim. And so it's so important to be very, very upfront, clear, 
and um, and open with your agent. Look, this is the you know the use. This is what we're doing. This is so that you just you don't want to mess around with that. It, otherwise, you're you're truly throwing your money away because you're putting money into a policy that will not cover you in the event of a claim, and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So so this is really really important. I'm going to say this again. Do not lie, and and that's whether it's a a lie of commission where you're just intentionally being deceiving or you're withholding information. Either one is going to put you in a, in a bad spot. Like if you, if you don't tell them that, you know, for example, there's a pool on the property. Let's say you have a rental and there's a pool on the property and you just don't tell them about the pool where you're not covered if an accident happens in that pool. And unfortunately, accidents in pools can be some of the most damaging and the most expensive types of accidents. And so you want to make sure that everything is covered. And and all of that, you know, Ryan said it, it's all about transferring risk. Yeah. And the reason that I carry insurance is because I don't want or nor could I afford some of the hefty liabilities that come along with real estate or business. Yeah. But the other thing is I want to make sure that whoever I'm working with is well taken care of because I can't pay out of pocket but if I have a large insurance policy, they can pay out of pocket. Right. And so, yeah. It's also important to, uh, to do you know, a biannual or annual review because things change over time. And when you initially instated the policy, it, you know, there may have been certain conditions that applied that now don't apply or new things that you need to add on as writers. And so it's, it's also not a set it and forget it thing. It's, um, it's very important to continue to maintain that and, and, and review it to make sure that you still have the proper amount of coverage. You might be able to you know, save a little bit of money, but you might need to actually add some additional riders to ensure, like you know, the swimming pool example, that you're covered where you want to be covered. Absolutely. So how much insurance should you have, Ryan? As much as you can afford. <laughs> you've got you've got to be. I mean, you got to be smart about. It. You don't want to get like super crazy, but it, it depends on obviously your situation, the assets that you have, how they're protected. Um, because you know, love them or hate them, attorneys when they come to look for a suit, if there's some type of you know damages owed, they're going to look and see what assets does this person have. And what can what can we take? And so the more you have, the more you need to be protected <laughs> because they will work a lot harder to come after you if you have right. Well, yeah, all there's, these there's, assets. there's more incentive. They get a bigger piece or right. they get the same piece of the pie, but it's a bigger pie. Right. Much, much bigger pie. So, yeah. So you want to make sure there's, you know, for certain things there, there may be state required minimums, um, but you really want to. That's why you want to have a, a strategic partner as a, you don't just want to have some random insurance person. You want somebody who's really can work with you strategically and make sure, okay, with, with my assets, with what I've got going, I am I sufficiently covered? Um, and a lot of times, uh, you know, an, an umbrella policy can be a good thing to kind of uh, complement your other policies because then wherever they, you know, they end, then the umbrella policy will pick up and continue to uh, give you that additional liability coverage. It's kind of a catch-all. Hence, being an umbrella, right? So th that's that's a common uh, a common product that a lot of uh, you know most like, probably any insurance agent offers that uh, can kind of give you that additional buffer. Yeah. So so kind of a 
coming back around on that umbrella policy, make sure that everything that is being covered is listed on your umbrella policy. Because if you have, you know, you just picked up a new rental property and you forgot to tell your insurance agent that, oh, this needs to be under the umbrella now. And, and this is what you're talking about. Things change. Um, that's not covered on the, under the umbrella if you don't update the policy to include that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think we've hammered insurance enough. Maybe we could well, have sometime we could have an insurance agent come on the show. Yes. And even dive even deeper. Because so, neither one of us are. We just we just pay a lot for insurance. <laughs> you've hammered it enough. I wanna I wanna bring up one more point. Oh yeah, go for it. Um you know, I, I kinda mentioned carrying a hefty policy and, and you talked about as much as you can afford. Now what's interesting is insurance, um the first dollar is the riskiest dollar. And so it is the most expensive. So as you go up in coverage, the deltas get lower. Now, my rule of thumb is I want to carry enough insurance that my insurance companies are going to send their lawyers to figure out if it's a fraudulent claim or a frivolous claim, right? Because unfortunately, there are people that will try to take advantage of a situation and maybe milk it for all that it's worth or even may maybe more than it's worth and you just let the insurance companies work out work that out now the interesting thing is i actually have um one company that that carries my regular policies and a different company that carries my umbrella so now two insurance companies are going to send their lawyers just an interesting side tip Cool. Bonus tip. Levi's bonus tip for the day. That's probably the only one I've got. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I won't judge. No, that's awesome. So, so with ent- so okay. So we got the insurance kind of. We got that c- covered. Now with entities, obviously, um, you know, there's 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 different types of entities, and depending on the entity structure that you choose, uh, you know, there's pros and cons. Some of the entity structures are a lot more complicated, costly to maintain. Every state is different. Some states are quite costly to maintain on an annual basis. The, um, uh, the, my mind just went blank. <laughs> what are you looking for? Filing fees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your filing fees, your license fees. Yeah, all that, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not a one-size-fits-all. So maybe we can break down kind of some of the most common entity structures, some of the you know pros and cons and that, and uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so before we dive into this, um, I wanna emphasize how important this is to go through, you know, I kinda mentioned at the beginning of the episode, but I'm gonna say it again, because this is very key. Talk to your professionals, your CPAs, your attorneys, and figure out what's the right tax structure and what's the right legal structure for you. Um, we're going to be talking about stuff specific to things that we know about in in the Utah, in the United States. Um, all around the world, there's going to be similar types of structures and, and things. Consult your professionals because you want to make sure that you're doing that right all around the world. And then even especially inside the United States, Ryan mentioned every state is different. And so yeah. you need to make sure that you set it up to be the most advantageous for you in the state that you're going to be operating in. 
Yes. So the first one that we're going to dive into is the easiest one. How easy is it to get into business here in the United States, Ryan? Incredibly easy. <laughs> this is definitely the land of opportunity when it comes to being an entrepreneur. You want to start a business? You want to hustle? You want to make some money? You got, yeah. Oh, raising. We have one person right here on the line. Thank you. <laughs> you just raise your hand and you say, you know what? I'm in business. Yep. That's how easy it is. And you just start. You don't have to have permission to start. You just do it. Yeah. And, and you, when you do that, you are a sole proprietor, also referred to as an S-prop for short, or a sole prop or an S-prop for short. So yeah, sole proprietors is, uh, it's, yeah, you raise your hand and I'm now in business. <laughs> all, of your, all of your income, uh, you know, your expenses, everything, you run it through your, your own name, um, your own social security number, right? So there's, it's, you are the business, it's you. There, there are possibilities where you can do a DBA, right? A DBA or doing business as. So maybe it's, um, I don't know, maybe I am a window washer and I wanted to do, you know, squeaky clean window washing service rather than Ryan window washer. washer. And so I would register a DBA with the state, uh, Ryan, Ryan Black doing business as squeaky clean window washing service and uh, still run everything through the social security number, but then you can actually have a a DBA, another name other than your personal name for the business. It's pretty easy to set up. Now, absolutely. So a pretty common question with this is, well, wait a minute. If I just start business and I run it through my social security number, do I still get write-offs? Yeah, a good, good question. And yes, you do. You can still absolutely, as a sole prop, uh, take write-offs, business write-offs. You're not gonna get as many advantages when you're first starting off, if it's a small business, it probably doesn't matter. Once again, we I'm not a CPA. Levi's not a CPA. We're not attorneys. This nope. is just general information, right? That, um, yeah, if you're not making very much money, it really doesn't matter. But once you get to the point where you're starting to scale and really got some cash coming into your business, running it as a sole prop is not a good idea. But pretty much almost, I would say most all small businesses start off as sole props whether that's for a couple of months or a couple of years before they graduate to something, you know, a little more complex, just depends on the business. But yeah, you can absolutely take write-offs. Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes down to it, there are lots of people that just continue to run their business as sole props because yeah. they look at it and they say, well, there's not really any personal liability. Like if you're doing a coaching course, maybe there's some liability, maybe there's not. It's never up to us to decide. That's yeah. really up to the attorneys and courts to decide. But do you want to be more in control of that situation or do you want the judges and the attorneys and the courts to be in control of that situation? Personally, I like to keep and retain that control with as much as, much as possible that I can do to kind of control the situation. And so when it comes down to liability protection, Solprop gives you absolutely no separation from your business to you personally. So that's a risk. That's a risk that you're taking in doing that. Right. But it may be an acceptable risk. But if you're like a freelance graphic designer or, you know, I mean, there's a lot of businesses where it's like, well, <laughs> what's the liability? There is no like liability. It's just... So that would be a decision that you have to make on your own. So, so here's a big one that, that probably 
maybe some of our listeners haven't thought about. If you are an Uber or Lyft driver, what is your liability? Hmm. A lot of a lot of people I know don't actually run um, their driving through an entity. They just run it through their personal name. What's your liability? What happens if you have three surgeons get into your car and you get into an accident? That's not that's not a position I want to put myself in. Yeah. No, that's why I'm not an Uber driver. <laughs> no, I'm just no, saying no it's... No offense to our listeners who are Uber drivers, but yeah, that's just too much liability. It's, it's just, you've got to think about where this picture comes in. Like what could go wrong and where where could the exposure to yourself personally like maybe maybe you're just killing it as an uber driver and you know making thousands or tens of thousands a week i i don't even know if that's possible i'm just throwing this out there but let's say get crazy and say it is possible and you build up this wealth you pay off your house you've got some nice vehicles you know you've got a vacation home you've got all these things how do you separate your business activities from all of your personal assets? That's what we're talking about here today. Yeah. Well, you would not do a sole prop. You'd have to do an op- another option. <laughs> yes. And what are some of the other options, Ryan? Well, if you wanted that type of separation of, you know, of assets and getting that protection, you'd want to go with a limited liability company or an LLC. Limited liability companies... Um, are, are a very common entity structure. Uh, I know you've got several, I've got several. And they. Uh, what's interesting is on the tax side of things with an LLC, you can be very flexible because you can actually tax it as a sole prop or as a partnership or as an S-corp or a C-corp. There's different um, you know, ways that you can actually convert how the entity is taxed over time as your business grows. And so, um, but, it, but the, the big thing is, is the LLC gives you that when structured properly and maintained properly, gives you that, that solid asset protection and that separation of you personally from the business, be it, uh, you know, assets, operations, all that stuff. It's, uh, LLCs are, are awesome. Yeah. And that, that's, that's true. And you mentioned a few good points in there, um, but just a few, all the rest was kind of garbage questionable questionable material (laughs) you should be used to it by now come on (laughs) no just those words came out of my mouth and i was like hmm that's a weird way to say that so i figured i'd just call myself out on it while i was at it and have a little fun with it but uh you know you mentioned the the ability to change yeah so an llc has that flexibility but the other important detail that a lot of people miss is when properly maintained like we get this separation when it's properly maintained the irs the court system they see a business as kind of a separate living thing independent of you and if you want to keep it that way you actually have to operate it that way so if you're like mixing funds sharing the same bank account um everything's run through a personal email, that kind of stuff. Like you have to make a hard separation between your personal and your business activities and actually show and be able to prove 
that you are indeed separate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, maintaining the, uh, the annual meeting with the minutes and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's specific now, requirements. Now what's your favorite way of doing an annual meeting? Oh, somewhere warm and toasty. <laughs> We're actually going to be doing ours in the winter. Uh, yes. <laughs> in about a month we yes. will be doing. So who knows? Might have to uh, record one of the podcast episodes from a very sunny location. That could be <laughs> interesting. Up. Yeah, that'd be fun. But yes, yes, our family meeting is our family meeting. <laughs> our <laughs> annual meeting. I say family meeting because my kids are my employees, and so they come too. <laughs> so it's the whole family. Family annual meeting uh, coming up soon. So we're looking looking uh, looking forward to that. So yes, now um, the cool thing is we we've kind of hinted at a few things, right? Um, a, a business gets its own tax ID when you when you have a limited liability company, um, and and what it does is it actually protects from inside liability. So if something happens in the business, when properly maintained, they can't get to my personal assets. Mm-hmm. But what it doesn't protect from is if I'm being stupid and texting and driving, and get, cause a major accident, they can still come and and go after the business assets. Right. So I want I want to be clear on that. Is it's it's kind of a one way coming from inside the company to you personally. There are some other ways to, to deal with other stuff, and we'll talk about those maybe a little later, maybe another time. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with the LLCs too, typically, you know, you're going to have a, a, an EIN, an employee identification number or tax ID number, rather than operating that under your, your social security number. And so, yeah, just... Across the board, there's much more of a separation between you personally and your business. Um, also, with uh, you know, with an LLC, there's uh, you have members, right? Members of the OS LLC, which are considered the owners, right? In a, in a corporation, you have stakeholders. In an LLC, you have members that, that have an ownership stake, and um, and that could be you know single member LLC, multiple member LLCs. You could have another LLC be the member <laughs> slash owner of the LLC. So you can do, um, yeah, I mean, this, there's some crazy stuff that you can layers. do. Layers. You can do, yeah, series LLCs. O- I mean, ogres have layers. <laughs> yeah. So lots of options there. We love LLCs. They are very, very uh, useful. So the one thing that before we move on is all of these entities that we're going to talk about, none of them will protect you from illegal activity. Not at all. So... Make sure you're doing things correctly, trying to do the right thing, the the best thing, and following the laws. Yeah. Um, because if you're intentionally breaking the laws, that doesn't protect you either. Like yep. the, that will destroy the corporate veil. If you're intentionally breaking the laws, I hope you have internet access in jail so you can continue listening to our podcast from jail. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get all of your all of your cellmates can subscribe as well. We'll just get a huge following from the prison system. <laughs> All right. We should probably move on after that. <laughs> a little bit of a shameless plug there. And you know what? I, I'm fine with it. <laughs> um, so speaking of corporations, uh, you know, corporations obviously uh, are, are, are big ones. There's, there's really two types of corps. There's the S Corp and the C Corp. The S Corp is, um, you know, there's... 
it's a little more complicated as far as the tax side of things. There's more, uh, yeah, more involved is in, in with the taxes with, uh, you know, with an S corp, you have, you have shareholders, uh, you definitely are doing everything under, you know, a separate EIN. You can have an S corp, I mean, even an LLC, LLCs and S corps can both have DBAs as well. Um, so you can do, do business as, uh, you've got the, you know, the liability, some of the liability protection there. Um, but, but yeah, once again, the S corp, the, you may have heard of the corporate veil. Um, there are, it's so important to ensure that you, not only are you doing things legally, but you maintain that you have a professional who understands how to maintain that corporate veil year over year so that in the event, you know, I mean, 10 years from now, you could have something pop up where they could come back and say, oh, eight years ago, you didn't do this correctly. And so we can pierce the veil and come after you. So you want to, you want to ensure that, uh, you know, an attorney or, you know, that specializes in business law or somebody like that, that really understands it and is up to date on all the legal code can ensure that you are, are solidly protected. Absolutely. So why would we choose, you know, this gets, this gets tricky, right? There's, there's all these entities. Why would we choose an S corp versus a C corp? For me, um, <clears throat> once, once the revenue hits, uh, you know, hits a certain level on a business I have, uh, then we, we, we do an S filing. So basically we, we talked about the, the LLC, most of the stuff that, that we've done, we started as an LLC and then, um, you know, once revenue gets where it needs to be, then we do an S S election as well as we do an S election. And then, um, it's in effect, it is now an S corp. I mean, it's taxed as an S corp, but technically it's still an LLC. So it's kind of the best of both worlds of the asset protection and all that, the liability protection, plus the tax advantages of now doing, you know, salary dividend splits and all that other thing with, with the, you know, the S corp on the tax side. So it, um, it gives you definite tax savings once once your revenue supports it because then you're able to avoid uh, self-employment tax by uh, by doing you know a member member employee uh, you know salary dividend split well and and me personally I don't really love the ter- the word avoid so it's there's evasion and then there's avoidance Okay. Evasion is definitely bad. Avoidance is okay, but to me, like in people's minds, it's too close. Okay. So I go way far to the other end of the spectrum, and I call it minimizing. So basically, my goal is to minimize the amount of taxes that I pay because the government gives us incentives to do it. Right. Be- because if you are doing the right activities you can minimize your taxes. Yeah. The tax system is created for uh, for business owners, right? You just have to have the right structure, have the right knowledge, understand how to take advantage of the laws that are already on the books. They're there. Um, you know, for the for 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 use. Um, and that's why they're there. And then the last one, what would the last one be? Which last one? What are we talking about? The last uh, entity. The last entity? Yeah, well, the common ones. So the the C corporation is the last one. Now, this is 
this is what I, I look at as big business. Like if you right. intend on, and you know you're growing, gonna grow this big business, this might be okay for you. Um, the way that I see it, the difference between, the major difference between um, an S corp and a C corp is how many shareholders are you gonna have? Right. You know, an S corp is gonna kind of be a few shareholders that are most often family, right? They're, right. It's gonna be this close knit or, or really good friends that are starting a partnership and, and going into this S corp. A, a C corp is really when you wanna, you know, raise capital and have lots of investors. You wanna go public. Yeah. And yep. so that's that's one of the big differences. Some of the tax laws surrounding them are different the way that they're taxed. And so we're not gonna dive super deep into that. There are differences um, for a small business. At least the things that I've learned is an S Corp is more more likely the better option because you're not looking to take on a bunch of private investors and you're not looking to um, you know, drive up a lot of the fringe benefits like you know, company cars and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're not planning an IPO, I, in, in my non-attorney opinion, <laughs> I, I, don't think a C, I don't think a C Corp makes sense unless, you're, unless your goal is to, 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 you know, to do an IPO. But, um, but yeah, so cool. But yeah, I mean, all three of these entity types, they're going to give you very similar asset protection. There, there are some things that you've got to do to maintain them, and, and each one kind of has their, their similar but their own flavor of it. Um, they're all going to be their own entity. They're going to be taxed separately from you. Um, they're all going to give inside liability protection, and entities do not provide tax savings, at least in the United States. Outside of the U.S., I'm not sure. Um, but uh, inside the U.S., all you have to do is raise your hand and say you're in business. Ta-da, you have write-offs. Yep. As soon as you make your first dollar. True. And before you make your first dollar, you are in what mode? Startup mode. Startup mode. And, I, and I'm, you get... sure, I'm sure we got folks on the line, right, who mm -hmm. are listening and they're like, sweet, I'm in startup mode. Yes, you are. <laughs> Don't get stuck Keep in analysis paralysis. Track of everything. Yeah. You'll need it later. Yeah. Track it. Just keep moving forward. And um, yeah, eventually you structure things right. You'll be able to take advantage of some sweet benefits. Yes. So as, as we look at this, should we do insurance or entities? How about the B word? How about both? Both. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So you're, you're absolutely right. So this is another interesting thing is that that maintenance, proper maintenance, if you go into a lawsuit and they say, well, why don't you have insurance? Yeah. That's, that's going to be a big negative for you and a positive for whoever's making the claim. So you want to make sure that not only do you have the proper entity, but you have the proper insurance to cover that. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, one, well, experience, you're familiar with this. We, we recently had where uh, we were we were looking at uh, you know we were doing a, a deal and um, you know plausible deniability is not the right word that's not the word I'm looking for <laughs> you want to you want to put yourself in a defensible position 
in the event that's, that that's things the right. hit, that, that things hit the fan, right? And so, um, and we had a. I'm, I'm sure you remember the discussion I'm referring to, where we we were looking, saying, do we want to get some additional insurance? It was kind of like a belt and suspenders approach in this in this situation with this you know with this investment. Do we want to get uh, you know some additional insurance to really ensure that we are absolutely across the board protected? And uh, we, we decide to go ahead and do it because it shows intent, right? It shows intent and that, look, I mean, nobody ever plans for things to go bad. And most of the time, I mean, hopefully everything works out great. But in the event that something goes sideways, you want to be able to show, look, I did absolutely everything in my power to ensure that everyone was protected, their interests were protected, the asset was protected, you know, this was done, these mistakes were made, or these exterior factors, you know, external factors played into the final outcome. But you really want to be in a defensible position to be able to show there's nothing else I could have done within my control and power to avoid this from happening. But if they say, well, why didn't you do this? And why don't you have this protection? You should have had this insured and that. Your case is going to start to crumble. Yeah, and I, I, I'm remembering the situation that you're talking about, and it's it's all surrounding insurance. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times, just that little bit of extra insurance, peace of mind. A lot of people think that buying insurance is just throwing cash in the toilet. Yeah. But uh, it's not. It's it's covering a loss that you could not personally personally cover yourself and it's it's offered at a nominal cost yeah so instead of thinking oh how much is this going to cost me it's how much sleep am i going to save myself instead of having sleepless nights worrying about something because you know everything's covered everything's on the up and up and you don't have to come out of pocket potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And it goes back to the same thing of transferring risk. We transferring risk. I mean, that's what the, uh, you know, the health, uh, you know, the health, uh, healthcare program that, that our family is on. I don't even remember what we pay every month, but I, you know, sometimes my wife is like, why are we just throwing all this money away every month? <laughs> and <laughs> Mike, look, remember we are, cause we, I mean, we don't really get sick that often we're pretty healthy family, you know? And so we, we really never, I mean, we don't go to the doctor. We don't need to. And, um, but it's like, no, we are transferring risk. If we get in a massive car accident, right? If there, one of us gets some, you know, crazy disease that requires a ton of care, we are transferring that risk. It is worth it because, um, you know, the alternative is, we would have to liquidate, you know, what happens if one of our kids, you know, I don't know, gets cancer or something. And I mean, what do we do? Just sit there? No, we're going to start liquidating all of our assets to give them the care that they need if necessary. But I would prefer to transfer that risk to somebody else and and pay it up front. So yeah, you that's, weigh it. I, that, that situation you mentioned, you know, that's something that we don't, we, we hope nobody ever has to go through. Right. But unfortunately, there are some harsh realities of life that, you know, sometimes we have to go through hard things. And if we have the peace of mind up front, we know that we can handle those without like just decimating everything that we've been working for. 
Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, when it boils down to it, of course, you're just going to do whatever you can to, to help that loved one. But hey, if you can not destroy what you've been building for the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years at the same time, right, that would be, that would be a good thing. So, yeah. yeah. So we, we encourage you to look at how you can cover your assets through insurance and proper entities and, and really look at it and make sure, do I have the right kind of coverage? And, right. you know, we talked about protecting from inside liability. There's tons of other strategies about protecting from personal liability into the business, like a, a COPE strategy or a domestic asset protection trust, DAPT. Um, and so those are some, some alternatives for protecting outside liability. But, uh, yeah, we'll maybe cover that another time. We talked about a lot of good stuff today. and. Yes. Uh, it's a good episode. Yeah. So just remember, businesses, entities, and insurance, not or insurance, and yeah. insurance. So we want to drive that point home, cover your assets, and uh, that's the show today. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you've gotten some value out of it. Um, if you did, please share it with a friend, a neighbor, somebody that you know that could use the same information. And... Uh, next week come on back because we have a super sexy episode coming up it's how to 10x your move-in deposits on rental properties we've got a special guest joining us and you won't want to miss it we'll see you then guys have a great week have a great week everybody bye-bye thank you for joining us on this episode of the champion hustle podcast for more great content and to join our online community visit us at championhustle.com. Mm-hmm.